This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked. It's IGN's weekly Xbox show episode. My goodness, 580 of these we have done. Actually, 579. We'll get to 580 here right now. Uh, for February 1st, 2023, I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined as always to my left here by Miranda Sanchez. Hello. Hi, Hi hello, book one and everybody. Dialing in from Los Angeles, actually two fine gentlemen. Usually it's just one, but today we have uh, a very funny and friendly guest who we always love seeing paris lily from gamertag radio and also the kind of funny x cast hello my friend how you doing ryan thank you for having me back so excited to talk about the games today it's been too long i figured yes. you know what we're uh we, we stella couldn't make it today and we've got an amazing new first party xbox game to celebrate so had to call you up first destin legary also dialing in from la how are you sir Bam! Hey, everybody. I'm doing great. Uh, we might not see you for a little while after this. Is that correct? I would guess that this is the last episode for a while. Yeah. No, he's not being fired. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Yeah. He's, he's not being let go. Yeah. Uh, though I keep asking them to let you go, but they hey. they don't do it. <laughs> You're the one. <laughs> now, let's get started here. Uh, I want to jump right into the to the headline topic of the week because we only had a chance you know we did the show live last week uh so and we were kind of pressed for time as as the, that's the trade-off of, of doing the live thing uh we touched on hi-fi rush from tango gameworks but now that we've all had a chance to play it and spend a bunch of time with it and also just sort of soak in with just having this game shadow drop and having it be awesome and having it go viral I want to talk about this for a while. So, Paris, I'm going to give you our first word uh, as our guest here. First of all, just the, how, how much fun is this video game? Hi-Fi Rush has been such a pleasant surprise. Obviously, the, the shadow drop uh, last week during the developer direct. And I'm, I'm not a rhythm game guy. That's not my thing. I, I, I'm not coordinated enough to be able to play those type of games. So I usually shy away from them. But... You know, took the leap of faith, obviously wanted to check it out and started playing it. I just absolutely fell in love with it. Um, it's one of those things, and I even tweeted about it uh, over the weekend, where I'm not good at a rhythm game, but this actually compels me to want to keep going and to want to get better at, at what I'm doing while I'm playing the game. So, like, right now, I'm I'm at the final boss. I'm at, yeah. I'm at Kale right now. And... It's been such a fun journey to do it. I've had such a blast playing this game. The way, you know, just the combos that you can connect, obviously the music that's happening to it. I think the story is great. They're, they're borrowing from so many different, you know, pieces of pop culture to, to put into this game. To have this come out of absolutely nowhere is just a fantastic way to kick off 2023. And, and what do you think it is about Hi-Fi Rush compared to other rhythm games that, that has compelled you to want to keep pushing, keep getting better? Like, I, I, I joked around, I'm not good at pairing. I'm not. I, there was a couple times where I really wanted to throw my controller at the screen. But overall, I feel it does not punish you for not getting every combination perfectly. 
right now there it gives you a little give and take on that and but then you're rewarded when you do get those perfects right when you can get to that that s tier of of pulling off the combinations and you're beating the mini bosses and obviously the the main bosses you know of of you know the particular tracks i guess you should say as you're going through the game that's the rewarding part about it where you successfully pull off these combos you're hitting those rhythm beats the music's driving you pushing you forward you, you just feel so satisfied. <laughs> it's just the best way I, I, I can explain it. And then you start upgrading, getting new abilities. You know, you're bringing in your your other partners and you're doing these tag team combinations at the same time. There's just so many aspects to it. And I think the game does such a fantastic job of slowly building you up so that you understand all these concepts along the way that by the time you get past uh, Mimosa, one of the bosses like in the middle of the game once you get past that boss it just opens up man and oh you have all these lessons learned along those way that once you start pulling those off in succession it's again i keep saying it but it's such a satisfying experience yeah destin you were a a, a public vocal champion of metal hellsinger which is a very good game yeah. last year another rhythm action game leading into the heavy metal side of things first person shooter i take it you have probably been enjoying yourself with hi-fi rush as well yeah, and uh, I think the reason it's really getting a lot of attention is because it's great, but also it's sort of a breath of fresh air right now. It's so colorful and vibrant and very uh, lighthearted in nature. Like, it's not taking itself too seriously. It's, it's you know, just telling a, a story about <laughs> this kid that got a robot arm and sort of being a little goofy with it, and I really enjoy that. And just thinking about the game sitting here right now, I find myself tapping my foot to the beat, you know, remembering just going through all the missions, thinking about my timing and everything. And I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's just, it's great when stuff like this just drops randomly and we get this this really nice treat just out of nowhere, especially at a time when there's not a ton releasing. Yeah. So we have like a pretty good window before Especially for Xbox, hits. right? Like that's a big yeah. piece of this too. Yeah, absolutely. Xbox, you know, I think the next one on the slot on the docket is uh, Minecraft Legends, I think is confirmed April. for yes. April. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's coming around the bend. And uh, yeah, I just I'm so happy that this came out of nowhere. I'm so happy Tango Gameworks got to create this and put it out there the way that the team who worked on pentiment obsidian got to make their sort of passion project i i love seeing these these sort of things come out of nowhere it's great yeah we're going to come back to that because that's you bring up a good point but but first i want to go to miranda with with her impressions of this game yeah we'll go to the i have some notes on the passion project part two but i've played about mm, four hours maybe maybe a little bit less um i've cleared the first two bosses and i'm in like the third chapter which gives me a pretty good idea of the game so far and i like how paris said too that it does a pretty good job of like building up your skills like it really like eases you into the combos because they are so important um so i've played a lot of rhythm games in my time they just like scratch this itch in my brain that helps me like get refocused it's like retuning myself because i don't know there's this actually to bring it up in Fusion Frenzy, there's this rhythm game mini game, and it was my favorite thing. And from there, that's just like spurred me into getting to like the Hatsune Miku games and a bunch of others, like the Persona games that have the rhythm game stuff. It's a lot of fun. And this, of course, is a very different take on that because it's the action part. Yeah. And I really do like how they've built this world to be like, we want you to play with the rhythm. We will reward you for it. 
But the only way you'll get penalized for not playing into this thing that we want is by doing less damage and getting less of a score. But at mm -hmm. the end of the day, <gasps> yes. <our producer laughs> the, is the footage best. of fusion frenzy. So this is the game. <laughs> this is like, yeah, you're just competing against each other of like, how well can you keep to this beat? And like, I was a band kid growing up. So like rhythm things are like really into, I'm like just really into it. And I miss music and I miss playing music. And this just kind of settles something in my heart in a way. And with these other sort of action rhythm games sometimes i said in in you know our post show that they can feel a little a little cheesy in a way like a little forced and so when you're playing to music it's like how well does that work and how well can you like make this interactive to be fun and paris like i said you mentioned how it does a good job of teaching these combos and adding these other elements and there are a lot of elements and i was pretty surprised oh, yeah. by that and pleasantly surprised too like this is almost as much in a way it reminds me of fighting games because of how important it is to get off those combos like if you're not doing combos properly and knowing how to chain them you're really losing out on damage and like your advantage against your adversaries and in this one i think it does have some challenges in making sure that you understand why something isn't going as well so for instance i wish there was a little bit better explanation of um, the percentage that I get for on beat hits. So like, am I being penalized every beat that I'm not doing something? Or is it that every beat that I push in like an input is that aligning with my score? So it's like, if I'm doing on the beat every time that goes up like percentage wise, there's like little things like that, that I'm particular about. Cause I'm like, sure. I want the S rank. That's basically what this, this game became for me, which is, is bad because I'm, really into like the high performing habits of like i need a ranks at least and i'm getting b ranks and i'm irritated about it but that's the cool thing about it because with every engagement you get they are these like very focused like you're coming into an arena where you're going to go fight yeah. versus you're walking around and exploring and i really like the pace of it like they did a really good job of crafting that so far yeah for me uh you've all sort of touched on this but i think what sums this up for me what i noticed like it just hit me very very quickly with this game you know i, I love a good dramatic video game as much as anybody miranda you we love we both love the gears of war trilogy which mm -hmm. is which is a really dramatic there are little comedic lighthearted moments yeah. but it's a dramatic you know story about about these sort of brothers in arms going through this horrible thing but so with with Hi-Fi Rush, I think it was Destin mentioning that it's a, it feels like a breath of fresh air, and, and that's for me that's that comes in the form of this game. It, it like exudes joy. Mm -hmm. It is just like a very joyous game that that right from the jump, you know. I think Paris, you were talking about how it just leans into kind of the absurdity of yep, he's a he's a kid with a disabled arm. And he cuts the line at a <laughs> at a tech company that I guess is maybe like beta testing their these like robotic uh, appendages for people, and and then of course the weird freak accident, and he gets the iPod fused into his chest, and suddenly has like rock star superpowers. It just it it just but it just owns that. It's like it's not it's not trying to take it seriously at all. It makes fun of itself a lot. Yeah, and it's yeah. just I, and I I will say like. The art style is a big part of it for me, too. I think all three of you have mentioned that to some degree. Uh, I mean, this this is like, there's there's like an extra little hook up for this game for, for longtime Xbox fans because it channels, it absolutely channels two cult classics that we never got sequels to, which is, or well, we never saw again on Xbox, which is Jet Set Radio Future and Sunset Overdrive, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it, it's, it's, it's not 
a clone of those games, but it's got that same super colorful cartoony style. And I just, I love that about it. So uh, the next thing I wanted to, to talk about was uh, to go around here and, and ask each of you, would this game have happened, in your opinion, without Game Pass? Or maybe conversely, what would, have, what would it have looked like in terms of the build-up, the release, without Game Pass? Um, Rand, I'll just go right back to you first here. I mean, I'd like to think that it would have happened. Um, and my deepest wish of these studios getting to do pet projects and like other side things that are very out of the norm for them is coming true. Even yeah. though this game is not small. This is no. not a short no. game. So like it, it's and, very And Pentiment's a good like 20 hours as well. Exactly. So it's like, even that's what I was saying. It's like, I want them to do something different. Like let their creativity shine. It's like, no, man, this is a, this is big. Um, I think it's more successful because of Game Pass, because we were able to just be like, and now it's available and you can just download it because you're already paying for it. Right. Like, oh man, that's great. So I can just go, go straight to it. I think that does a lot for it, even though I have heard a lot of people say like, hey, this is actually a really great game on Steam Deck or, you know, for a PC player. So like that is an option, of course, too. Yeah. But it's not the same excitement of like, and now it's just in your pocket and you can go use your app to download it to your Xbox right now. And when you get home, you can go play it. So that's different. Paris, how do you feel about the your thoughts on the Game Pass piece of this? So, so it's interesting uh, because I think I was corrected online because I initially thought, yeah, this this is similar to Pentiment. You know, when Josh Ori was kind of basically stating that Pentiment wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Game Pass and obviously having the ability to chase a passion project. To what I was corrected online, and I could be wrong. This actually had been in development since 2017, I, I, I think is what I was told. So it, yeah, it was obviously, it. this yeah. is, you know, before the Bethesda acquisition, the whole thing. Yeah. So this game would still exist. But I think the more important part of this is Game Pass is allowing people to try this game out, quote unquote, risk free, if you're yeah. already subscribed to it for the simple fact, like I said, I'm not in rhythm games. I wouldn't I probably would not have tried this unless the word of mouth was just so great that I go, you know what, let me go spend the 30 bucks and pick it up. But at first glance, I would have said this is a rhythm game. It's not for me. I'm not going to try it. But the fact that it was in Game Pass and we had instant access to it when it was announced, no harm, no foul. Let me go try it out. Turns out it's fantastic. And, you know, here we are. Um, but I think overall, you will see more games like this because of a service like Game Pass where it's not traditional in in the you know the bad wording but traditional game gaming speak marketing things like that in that hey if there's a studio or development team that has this great idea that has this passion project maybe Xbox is going to be more receptive to allowing them to try it out because they can put this in Game Pass and it, let the game speak for itself i i think them shadow dropping this, that was kind of the best message of all. Hi-Fi Rush was able to speak for itself. It didn't need this giant marketing campaign. It didn't yeah. need, you know, all this social media talk. It was like, the game's here. We're dropping it now. Go try it for yourself. People tried it, loved it. To your point, it's on Steam Deck. You can buy it on Steam. I guess it's topping the Steam charts right now. So it goes to show even without Game Pass, people were very receptive to this game and were more than willing to spend the $30 to play it. Destin. Uh, Game Pass's impact on this video game. Yeah, well, I've just been really happy to see games like Pentiment, who, which wouldn't have existed without Game Pass, or games like Tunic that were partially funded by Game Pass uh, 
uh, backing it. This was, like Paris said, I also heard that this was in development for a, a long time and it finally came out. But I do think the fact that it was on Game Pass and that it was marketed by Xbox helped it quite a great deal. The fact that it was at the developer direct and revealed that day and then it turned out to be great definitely didn't hurt it. So the fact that it is getting that marketing push from Microsoft and the fact that it is available on Game Pass, it means more people are playing it, more people are talking about it. And I think that has a positive impact on any game that is spotlighted like that. Look at As Dust Falls last year. Yep. If As Dust Falls would have came out without the backing of being on a service like Game Pass or the marketing from Microsoft, I don't think most people would have experienced that game. Exactly. But it's it's definitely helping expand awareness of these properties. And I hope that they continue investing in passion projects like Pentiment and Tunic. And we see more games like that become a reality because of what Microsoft is choosing to do with our subscription dollars, basically. Yeah, I for me, I think the, the Game Pass piece of it is that I don't think they could have shadow dropped it without Game Pass. Right. Right. There's no way. There's no way you could have just completely foregone the marketing campaign and just hope that it was going to go viral without without that, as Paris said, risk-free way to just instantly play the game. And that that has fueled it going viral. And that's that's been, I'll tell you, what a on the as Xbox fans, we have been waiting for Something. a moment like this where everybody's celebrating a big new Xbox exclusive. And I mean, no disrespect to Pentiment. IGN gave it a 10. It got huge scores everywhere, but the reality is Pentiment did not go viral the way this game has. And I know that's that's it's not Pentiment's fault. It just, you know, whether it was because it came out in November along, you know, near some other bigger titles or what. But but it's just been so like I cannot remember the last time that a major Xbox release dominated the conversation for, you know, a week or more at a time which has happened with this game. Uh, Forza, it, maybe? Forza Horizon 5, probably. Yeah, was the you're, last that's, one. That's, you're probably right. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, even... I mean, I guess, you know, Halo certainly had its moment in the sun because it got mostly great scores as well. But, but yeah, uh, that, that's that's a good good callback, Destin, for sure. Um, yeah, and it was incredible to me, too. The, the project director... Hold on, I have his name right here. Uh, John Johannes... He had tweeted out a picture uh, on the day of announcement and release of the entire team in a conference room that worked, or mo he said most of the team. And it, it couldn't have been more than 20 people. You know, it was, this is a small group of folks within Tango Gameworks that made this, um, which, which leads me to wonder if there's something else, of like a, a quote unquote <laughs> bigger projects, you know, also going on, uh, that, you know, what, because Deathloop has been out for a bit. Um, excuse me, that's Arcane. Um, Ghostwire. Ghostwire, thank you. Ghostwire Tokyo has has been out for a bit, and that's you know we should be getting that dropping on the Game Pass here in about a month and a half as we record this. Once the one year of exclusivity with Sony uh, is over, but but yeah. So what what do you all think? Like, what's next? Is this just an awesome one and done? Do we get a sequel with similar scope? Do we get does, does Tango double down on this and we get a, a, a an even you know bigger budget, bigger team sequel? Like, uh, what what do you think, Destin? I'll go your way first. 
I, I think it's one and done. I think they'll do something totally different. That just seems to be their style. Like, uh, they what was the horror game that they created? Evil Within. Within. Yeah, Evil Within. They got two of those, and then they just haven't revisited that franchise. So I I think Hi-Fi Rush is a one and done, and they're going to do something else sort of off the wall. Like, we got Ghostwire Tokyo, we got Hi-Fi Rush, we got got Evil Within 1 and 2, and I kind of like that you never know what you're going to get from Tango Gameworks. Miranda? I'm not at the end, so I don't really know where this would go, but I could see this being a one and done, and I think that would probably be good for the story, because it's not like... I don't know. Chai's not the most compelling character. Like, he has a very simple goal. He wants to be a rock star. He's very goofy. And I think he works because he's within this context of a lot of other goofiness and other characters that are really strong alongside him. And so I think that's what kind of compels you to get through this game. And I think once they, they take down their target, like, you did it. And now we go do something else, like whether or not it's another story within this universe and how with and playing with music, like that would be really cool. But I think this this should be Chai's story, and I think that that would work for me at least. Paris, <laughs> it's so funny. I, I disagree with both of you. Uh, I absolutely think there should be a sequel to this. I, I and I say that because one of the complaints I think probably all of us have had about Xbox over the past few years is. What what is that identifiable mascot for Xbox outside of Master Chief? Right, I think we just got it. I, I think, think at I a want minimum to be the mascot. well, I'm well, sorry, well no, not not him, not him. Eight oh eight. I, I like think there. Yeah, where's the plush? I think, where's the plush yeah, of that cat? By the way, there's the such cat. an op- opportunity for them to use these characters in this universe in in other other ways outside of just the hi-fi rush game. But I think, and obviously, you, like you said, you're early, Miranda, so you'll continue to play. Mm-hmm. There's definitely more stories to tell here if if they want to. So I think this has been such a hit for them so early in 2023. How could you not capitalize on this? and continue that story in in this hi-fi rush universe as well as take these characters and use them in other properties throughout throughout xbox because they're so recognizable i think it's going to be such a you see them on screen like imagining 808 opening up the the e3 showcase people will go start cheering and go crazy right um we already saw someone put a livery in forza horizon 5 for hi-fi rush it was phenomenal and I, I, I see that continuing because I think the momentum of this game is so good. And I think that that will carry it through this year to the point where you're going to want to see these characters again. Absolutely. I mean, I think Paris has a good idea there, though, of like, what if what if Xbox needs a new face? Like what? I mean, there's other conversations to have here regarding other things today, honestly. Sure. But like that's a good right. point that they, they could use other mascots that are really important or just as big. And I do like your idea though. Like if if 808 and like maybe parts of certain characters continue on within stories within this universe is like really cool idea because I think it's it's good. But yeah, I I mean I I will say I don't I don't know if I personally see Chai as as mascot material. Uh, but, but 808, yeah. yeah 808, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, what I will say yeah. is if at some point Microsoft when they've you know, built up, had enough releases, get really get get first party rolling the way we all want it to and, and expect it to. If they decide to do a Smash Brothers like party game, oh, fighting yeah. game, <laughs> that's where we could absolutely see both Chai and or 808 come back uh, as, as as characters that would be 
very very desirable in a uh, in a in a you know party fighting game. Um, you know, I, I asked myself too while I've been playing this game, like. How, what does success look like for this game? And obviously, the answer is, of course, well, how many people actually buy it and uh, on Steam or or make a purchase on Xbox? But given that they spent zero dollars on marketing in any way, shape, or form whatsoever, zero, other than what it costs to put together that developer direct and go out to Tango and shoot the interviews. Uh, which like we do that stuff all the time at IGN. I know how much that stuff costs, and it's not, and it's uh, it's well within the means of a of a trillion dollar co- corporation like Microsoft. But um, I have to imagine that this game doesn't have to sell nearly as many copies as it would have if it had seen a traditional release with a traditional marketing campaign because that's just that's money you didn't have to spend. So that's you, you know you get closer to profitability. Uh, much sooner by by virtue of of uh you know not having that marketing campaign and relying on the word of mouth and you know the i'm trying to think the last time you know i mean all three of you are are good with your your uh xbox history is is the dead rising 4 expansion the last time that microsoft shadow dropped something you guys remember that from e3 from a few years ago i think it wasn't think you're right I yeah. can't remember the like which expansion it was. I think Miranda might be kindly looking it up right now, but I, I see that's the last time I remember something. And that, of course, you know, with no disrespect to Dead Rising, but that was an expansion. That wasn't a full, you know, twenty plus hour video game. Yes, I, I think I'm having a hard time finding it. But a lot of times when we see a shadow drop, it doesn't tend to be a big game yeah. like Hi-Fi Rush. Like, and I keep saying that because like. This game is not small. Like, as we've said, like, it's been development since 2017. Like, a lot has been put into this. And the last, like, big thing I remember is Shadow Drop was, like, there is some, what, Zelda DLC at one point, um, Dead Rising, mm-hmm. de- like, expansion, and then um, Vault, the Fall of Shelter. Shelter, yeah. yeah. Like, that was the last thing that was, like, here's a game that's out now. And, like, that just doesn't happen. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I I've have to imagine if this game isn't uh, considered a success already within Microsoft and Bethesda and Tango, it is well, well on its way. Um, the last part of this that I want to talk about before we get to our other big topic this week, which is Halo uh, and the, the sort of ongoing thing at 343, situation at 343, is the... The, the greater contextual picture uh, that this game fits into, and Destin, you had hit on it, and that is this, ga- this awesome sh- shadow drop of a video game, first-party exclusive, could not have come at a more desperately needed time for Microsoft. Uh, the, the narrative has had, you know, we 2021, we thought sunny days are here again, we've got Psychonauts 2, we've got Forza Horizon 5, we've got Halo Infinite, we're, uh, we're riding high, and then we get last year, and it's just crickets. Uh, our own news director, Kat Bailey, had an exclusive interview with Phil Spencer last week, who admitted, yep, we were, we were light on games last year, and that's on me. You know, he took responsibility for it. 
And we've been expecting big things and just we, we need big things from Microsoft this year as people that have invested in this ecosystem. And Paris, like we knew we were going to get release dates for uh, we I thought all uh, all four right. games that showed up. We only got release dates for three, but it really could not have gone better for for, for gamers here to get three release dates with and then a fourth. But with one of them being today right now immediately go play this and and have that game i mean it, that that the context here is is just part, it's a big part of the story yeah yeah absolutely I, I i think that was it took the sting out of not getting a release date for forza in the sense that boom we got something to play immediately yeah. following that event and to your point 2022 was for lack of a better term very light for xbox so they needed to basically come out the gate swinging with content. This has to be a year where, <laughs> excuse me, where they get consistent with content, with games coming out. And at least it looks like here for this first half of the year, <clears throat> excuse me again, I'm getting over cold, but um, we're going to have a more consistent cadence first half of the year for content. Now we got Hi-Fi Rush. We obviously, we just, we're about, we just got Age of Empires 2 on console. We know we're getting Minecraft. We know we're getting Redfall. I mean, we'll obviously see with, with Starfield, but we're now we're starting to see games come out of Xbox Game Studios. And I think that's very important for them. And the most important part out of all of that, sure, release dates are great. Putting games out are great, but the game's got to be good. And yeah. Hi-Fi Rush is good. And, and that's the most important thing. People can be excited to play this game and look forward to the next batch of games coming out if they can hold this bar quality as they continue. Yeah, well said. Because because you know we've the, the the number, the quality and the quantity of exclusives for Microsoft over the past generation plus has been a problem. I mean, yeah. the the few we've had, the uh, not very few of them have been at the caliber of quality that that Hi-Fi Rush is. I mean, you know, Recore came along and was okay. Crackdown Three came along and was not that great. Uh, it is, you know, to, to if this is the game, if Hi-Fi Rush is the game that sort of cracks the the dam to finally break this this backup of of uh, content that we've been waiting for, uh, Destin, this is this game's the perfect way to to set Xbox off on the right foot in 2023. I mean, I certainly hope so. Xbox needs to get that release cadence going. They've confirmed. A few of the titles that are coming but we still need dates for starfield and we still need dates for forza like i want to know when i'm playing those games and uh hopefully this kickoff with hi-fi rush and then minecraft and redfall sort of sets a good cadence for the rest of the year yeah miranda uh what we sort of expected the first half to look like Versus now, I mean, you throw Hi-Fi Rush in, and it just it Hi-Fi Rush in January. Yeah, really, it it sounds a lot. It makes the year a lot better than than oh well, Minecraft Legends in April and Redfall in May, and okay, your, your ESO expansion in June and Forza later this year and Starfield. Sometime. Don't know yet. It, the, having a game and and a great great game. Um, I, I don't know if our review will be it's, out by the time, so I, I will not mention. Uh, we're get, it's going to score well. You can, I mean, 
Yeah. Duh. Yeah, we're <laughs> but, all, all just here happy about yeah, it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> but but the uh, yeah, but you know, ha- adding Hi-Fi Rush in in January just really changes the conversation a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think one of the things that's most exciting about it too, right, is that it's a new IP, and there's always this question of people want new IPs, but they're a big risk, so they're scary. And I think this one, which is most delightful about it is that tonally as you said Ryan it's just so fun and it's good and I think it's wholesome in its humor too like obviously we were talking about the end of last year we got a game that was very more crude side of fun <laughs> yeah a little, and, a little high on life yeah yeah <laughs> oh my gosh um and uh so like with Hi-Fi Rush, it's a different kind of high. <laughs> but uh, you know that's that's the thing, right? Is that I expect get... that from Destin, I'm not sorry. from you, Miranda. Sorry, I should have a little laugh after. But that's the thing, right? Is that you get something that is different, and I think that's what we're kind of been looking for Xbox for a long time too. And I think um, sort of on. Paris is no, I keep going back to this because like you put this idea in my head. And I'm like, oh, that's that's a good point. What does the future of Xbox look like from a branding perspective? For a very long time, I always knew growing up too, I was like, the Xbox is the adult's console. Like it's the first person shooter box. Sure. Like it's really mean, it's green, and it's it's heavy, it's it's hardcore. And that's yeah, these really dark changed. Western RPGs, right? Yeah. Like- <laughs> and I, I don't think it won't have that obviously we still have gears and it's still going to be intense (laughs) um (laughs) uh, and so that's that's great but we have these other kinds of properties that can live on xbox like you know you just sunset overdrive and that's just such a definitive thing for xbox that was sort of its own one-off unfortunately but you know we have these other opportunities here and i think going into 2023 like this and seeing it celebrated and championed is such a nice idea too especially for other things coming throughout the year and obviously minecraft's a thing and that's its own like pot of joy there sure you know the one-offs there are a little bit different um and so i think getting to see this celebrated so well is is exciting too and i know xbox has done a lot to really diversify their portfolio and we've seen it with the studio acquisitions i know we're getting a lot more like you know big western rpgs but i do want to see that variety and maybe with that variety comes maybe a little bit of an image change yeah. Well, well, to back up your point, Miranda, we also have stuff like Grounded that's a big hit for Xbox, and we have Sea of Thieves that is very popular still to this day. And those, to me, don't fit that mold that you were discussing or the old brand that Xbox used to represent, right? The hardcore shooter brand. Uh, it, it, it's it's fine. It's, in, it's new, you know? It's exciting. And I, I do wonder if they're transitioning more to what you're describing. You know, Sony pivoted away from Crash back in the day. Sony then pivoted again from Uncharted. Uh, and, you know, the, you, you got to evolve. And Microsoft has, it's been Halo and everything else. I guess for a while it was kind of the Halo Forts of Fable. And then, you know, Gears kind of came in there. But, you know, the, the, the future of Halo now, to segue right into our next topic, <laughs> is... There is still a future, thank goodness, but no matter what you know, Microsoft is saying, there is uncertainty around that future. So we have a new report uh, about 343 Industries from our friend J- Jason Schreier at Bloomberg 
the uh, IGN summary is as such. Three port. Three, <laughs> let me try that again. My goodness. Halo is reportedly staying at 343 Industries, but the franchise's direction is unclear amidst layoffs and a pivot away from Halo's slipspace engine. In a report from Bloomberg's Jason Schreier, the studio's leadership overhaul, mass layoffs, and other big changes are causing 343 to essentially hit the reset button on the franchise. The report also claims that at least... 95 people were laid off from 343 as part of this month's mass layoffs at Microsoft, and that 343 was not working on new missions for Halo Infinite's story over the last year. Halo is said to be pivoting to Unreal Engine, which I've also heard. Uh, I mean, not that Jason needs my corroboration. He's <laughs> a perfectly good <laughs> reporter, but uh, leaving the controversial Slipspace engine behind. Development challenges posed by Slipspace are reportedly holding back two infinite multiplayer modes that are nearly finished, Extraction and Assault. The reports of the engine swap come after years of rumors surrounding 343, Slipspace, and Unreal Engine. The pivot will reportedly begin with the Halo project codenamed Tatanka, which has been rumored for quite some time. This game is in co-development at 343 and Certain Affinity, which is run by Max Hoberman, the former multiplayer lead on Halo 2 and 3, and the guy uh, primarily responsible for Halo 2's absolutely groundbreaking online couch system, the sort of whole hopper matchmaking system. Uh, future Halo games... Oh, uh, this game is in co-development at 343 and Certain Affinity and began as a Halo Battle Royale, but the game may now evolve in different directions. Future Halo games will also explore using Unreal Engine. 343 isn't preparing any additional story content for Halo Infinite's campaign. Uh, rather, developers have spent the last year working on Unreal Engine prototypes while pitching ideas for new games. Many of the developers working on these projects were laid off this month and as 343 isn't actively working on any new story content. So lots to unpack here. Uh, Destin, I want to go your way first. You are, uh, like me, one who likes to follow all the, the goings-on in the industry at these developers and sort of the, the behind-the-scenes stuff. What do you make of all this? You know, I, I found it very interesting that Trier's reporting sort of backs up my prediction for what was happening with Tatanka. I, I always thought saw that as the pivot point. If they were going to switch engines, I said, well, Halo Infinite's like, they're not just going to switch the engine. Tatanka would be that pivot point, allowing them to do the battle royale or whatever on the side. What's more concerning to me are the number of layoffs at 343. I believe their website says they have 450 employees. If they laid off 95-ish, employees yeah, roughly that a is quarter of the team roughly a quarter of the team how do you continue creating at the level that you've been creating which has been very slow mind you in the slip space engine after losing a quarter of the team not to mention they have that issue with the contractors where they have to reset their whole contractor thing every 18 months yeah. because of you know laws or microsoft policy or whatever so i think that this rumor, this report, which is now, this is like the third time it's been corroborated that certain affinity is taking over development and will be working on the game going forward with 343 sort of taking lead in some respect. I don't know. I, I think it is time to hit the reset button internally 
because whatever they're doing, it's not working. And the the report Trier talked about said that there's people developing stuff in Unreal Engine to pitch a new Halo campaign or new story element or whatever, as opposed to developing content in the Slipspace engine. Like if it's that bad, that's concerning. I don't know if that's a man and management was also faulted. They said from the top down, this was a management issue. So people are developing stuff in other engines. That's very concerning to me. It just seems like everything needs to be sort of reset and refocused. And the whole team needs to be working on one singular vision as opposed to what seems like a very fractured internal vision based on the reports that we've read so uh really worried about halo's future based on what we've heard from various sources at this point miranda i'm also concerned i think there's there's no way you come out of this not feeling concerned because one thing or the biggest thing for me coming out of Shar's report was the uncertainty with the story. And I really, really liked where Halo Infinite was going with Master yeah. Chief's story and Cortana and the weapon and, you know, our co-pilot, like our pilot, like we have so much there that I'm ready to see more of and to hear that they weren't even thinking about story content makes sense, but it's also unfortunate because we know that that team has been struggling to get things developed. And as Destin said, has been rolling out at a slow pace. And if you, ch you just cut off a fourth of the team, like, how are they even going to be able to support things? Like we know that a lot of the features we wanted weren't coming through because they had to juggle on getting other things done. And then, okay, well, we had to juggle on this. So we couldn't do more for multiplayer, but now we can focus on multiplayer, but we're not going to do couch co-op. Like there's just so many things here that it's really unfortunate to see that it wasn't handled better. And that's what it keeps coming back to for me is like that. Why, why was this the case? Like, how did this get so bad? Because like, this is, I, I always come back to this, but I think if you've been with Xbox for as long as I have, or anyone has here, you just ask like, why would you do this to Master Chief? Like I, I look at what, how Nintendo handles Mario or, the Legend of Zelda, these franchises that are like huge history pieces in the gaming sphere. And Halo is part of that. Yeah. And yet we see like this fantastic game come out and the developers not really being supported in the way they need to by the upper management or whatever may be happening um, to make it as successful as it can be. And like that is the unfortunate thing because I think they launched with a really successful, awesome game. And the fact that it's just crumbling like this is so bizarre. Yeah, boy. Before I go to Paris, yeah, just, yeah, I never thought about it that way before where you, you think about, like, if if Halo was, whether it still is, is maybe up for debate. Halo was in that top five gaming franchises, period, mm -hmm. across the entire industry. Mario, Zelda, Halo, you know, there's probably a couple more in there. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe, you know, what... Anyway, that doesn't matter. What 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 do you want to debate the, the others? But and yeah, this this is like it, it. Miyamoto hasn't made Mario in a long time, but yet it has continued on and maintained its top you know top tier status. And Zelda uh, has, I guess, the, Zelda has had the same director for quite a long time, but again, has maintained. That, you know, what has happened to Halo, again, and the games, <laughs> Infinite was awesome. But yeah, you're, but your point still stands. What, what is the failings around it 
have been uh, just something we haven't seen from any of these other top shelf franchises. And that's, that's a real shame. Paris, uh, your thoughts here. You know, so it's interesting. Um, I, I was lucky enough and fortunate enough that uh, you all invited me to be a part of the Xbox Series X reveal back in 2020, uh, that, that showcase that, that they had. And obviously one of the highlights of that was to see Halo Infinite. I remember being very excited about seeing that demo. And we obviously know what the fallout from that was, which resulted right. in a year delay. Then we got the game to come out. I enjoyed the campaign. I, I truly did. I thought the story was going in, in, to, in an interesting way that I did want to see more of it. We obviously know what the shortcomings of, of the multiplayer and the lack of content has been. That was only two and a half years ago. And, and it's, it's amazing to see where we are that we're still talking about Halo in a less than flattering light. This is not how it should be. You know, you, you just said, is it's debatable about about halo being a top five franchise it's not I, I don't even think that's up for debate anymore it is currently today not a top five franchise i don't disagree across gaming you. anymore um but it is still the most important ip that xbox has so if they've determined obviously they've determined we've seen a shakeup in leadership they're clearly pivoting in direction on, on where they're going. Obviously, we saw Joe Staten left. Um, I believe we even saw that Kiki Wolfkill is no longer doing some of their media stuff as well. So oh, there's really? been a, 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 yeah, a big upheaval in, in leadership, obviously, at that studio with, you know, with Pierre leading it now. But if they need to pivot to Unreal 5 is, to, I, I never say it right, T Tanaka, what certain Infinity is working on. I believe on. it was. Yeah, yeah. Tanaka. I know, I, I want to say Tanaka as well. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but what certain Infinity, you know, is is rumored to be working on. If that is the pivot point to get this franchise back to where it needs to be, then that is what you do. I've contended over the past year or so, to me, I think it's, the, the, the problem right now is slip space. It, it, it's a technical problem. It's a systematic issue with that engine that they simply can't make content quick enough in that engine. So if pivoting to Unreal 5 is going to allow their developers to start making maps for multiplayer in a consistent in a consistent basis if they can pivot the campaign internally to unreal 5 and they can start telling unique and different stories you know inside the halo universe then that's what you do you cannot let halo die on a vine you can't let master chief become irrelevant so if this is what they need to do to fix it then you do it 100 percent because I'm disappointed to see Halo in the current state that it is because you see the good in Infinite. There's a lot of good there, but the lack of content is what is holding it back. And obviously it's just had this checkered history the past two and a half years. So as much as I don't want to see them have to re reboot everything and refocus, because it feels like this is like the third time that they're doing that, you do it. You have to do it because Halo is still their most important IP. So you do whatever you got to do, you know, to, to get it right. Miranda? I don't want them to reboot it again. Please, we just got that. But I, I think Paris, you make a great point too, that if this is what they need to do to change up the franchise to get Halo in a better place, and that's what they're going to have to do. Although I don't like that it's a cost of destroying a studio and laying off 95 people. Um, I think that's... That I agree. Yeah, like a big part of the mismanagement that we spoke about and how that's just not that's just that's just not okay um paris i think i saw your note too about kiki wolfkill and i did a very quick search for that and it's reportedly that she's left 
343 mm. and it has moved within somewhere else in Microsoft and we're not entirely sure what that means or what that looks like but that's what I think is is yeah, she was heading up all the transmedia stuff so she was like right. the primary yeah. conduit between 343 and Paramount on the Halo TV show which is still going the <laughs> season 2 is uh, in production yeah then right now on her LinkedIn um the current thing that it says she has uh, so her studio head of Halo Transmedia Entertainment was from March 2015 to January 2023 and oh. now it's head of Xbox IP expansion entertainment interesting mm -hmm. well that would seem to confirm it then yeah there you go. Yeah. But she has not updated her Twitter. So, well, yeah. Can say. Um, the LinkedIn certainly the more, <laughs> the one, the one you'd look at first yeah, for yeah. something like that. It is, this whole thing is, uh, I mean, Paris, you summed it up very well uh, about, you know, there's, there just should be, there should be a the community should be confident in Halo. The community should be excited about Halo the way they are for those other you know, top tier franchises. You know, I, again, I don't disagree that Halo is no longer one of them across the entire industry, but as the most important thing still in the Xbox portfolio, we should we need to feel that confidence. We need to feel that uh, excitement around it at all times. I mean, I, I think back and it's. It's weird to me to think of I was like where Miranda you you were you you made me think about this of where where the management where things started to go wrong mm. right not that it matters now ultimately but I can't help but cuz when I think back like what I remember about the run up to now 343's first official project was Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary they didn't really make that game, and I hope nobody from 343 takes offense to that. I mean, Saber Interactive did the legwork on that. 343 produced it. So it's not that they didn't work on the game, but they didn't, they weren't like building that in house. I think that's fair to say. Their first sort of official game was Halo 4. And what I remember about the run up to Halo 4 was um, something I think I. Something I understood but didn't agree with was, well, screw you guys, you're not Bungie. That was what I remember from, from that time. And then when Halo 4 came out, it was a, you know, as you'll all remember, it was came out right near the end of the Xbox 360 lifecycle. And it was uh, technically an absolutely stunning video game on the Xbox 360. I thought the campaign was fantastic. I stand by my uh, very high score on my IGN review. And I think we, you know the general agreement would be, well, the multiplayer wasn't quite what we expect out of Halo. And then and then I it seems like it was so it's like it's weird that their first project went from the public perspective seemed like it, it turned out quite well all things considered and it was after that, you would think like the, the 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 speed bumps would happen in the beginning, but it was after that because then we had the whole Master Chief Collection fiasco, which the story's been told on that a million times, and and they they just straight up screwed that up. They got it right eventually, uh, and it's awesome now, and it's you know you can still play it and enjoy it now, but but then yeah, and then Halo Five with its with its awesome marketing campaign that absolutely did not match up <laughs> to the to the uh the campaign we got but it did have awesome multiplayer 
<laughs> it's it's like whack-a-mole with Halo and 343. They 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 whack one thing like we all right, we did it and then boop up pops another mole. Like nope, we still got we still got more to deal with. So I and now like oh, there's a bunch of mole heads all popped up on the board and I the, and they've got a I don't know how they're going to go about squishing them all. Do do you think the pivot is, and I think Destin kind of alluded to, you may have said it here, I was watching your video earlier too, and you might have alluded to it, but where basically 343 becomes the initiative in the sense that, yes, they're the studio that's controlling the the direction of where it's going, but then you bring in a Crystal Dynamics as an example to actually do the work, basically like what Certain Infinity is doing right now, you know, with the, with the rumored project where they, they are going to collaborate with other studios to actually bring the Halo vision to life. And maybe that kind of alleviates some of the problem. Again, to Miranda's point, I hate that people got laid off. That's terrible. But that alleviates the problem with having so many contractors in place and constantly having to reset, relearn skills as far as how to develop for a particular engine. Maybe they can partner with certain studios that are very efficient and knowledgeable in Unreal 5, again, as an example, and use their knowledge to be able to get the development going for these maps and these modes and these things that they that they have the vision for, but maybe not necessarily the skill set and the knowledge in-house at 343 to deliver in a timely manner. If that happens, Paris, I think it will be sort of, I don't know, I don't think ironic's the right word, but it'll be a weirdly full circle because right. if you go back the as I was just saying, three four that's how three four three started as basically a small team that oversaw and produced this externally developed Halo Combat Evolved anniversary project that I think we'd all agree turned out pretty well. Like that was a there weren't a lot of a, a lot of knocks against that remake. Um, I mean, as I recall it, what I think the multiplayer was oh that's right they that was it they based they based the multiplayer stuff on in that off of reach like they recreated mm -hmm. am i remembering that right i think yeah, i'm remembering right. that right mm -hmm. and it was just like eh this doesn't feel right you know it doesn't or it doesn't feel like halo 1 that but the the campaign stuff where you could you know press a button on the fly and switch to og i mean that was awesome and we've seen that uh that applied in a number of other remakes and special editions and remasters since because and, and they they did a great job of it so yeah paris i mean i if that's the future i'm okay with it it's particularly because there's so much talent in-house at at xbox game studios now you can tap into id software you could tap into right. machine games and i'm not saying you know that those guys you know that those teams all have their own plans and their own things that they're busy with but i'm just you know as a general option in the future with because i'm sure id software again I, i'm expecting id software to announce whatever their next thing is which i kind of hoping it's a quake reboot similar to mm -hmm. how they rebooted doom uh i i think we're going to hear about that at the summer showcase but uh and i'm basing that by the way off of nothing other than just the calendar uh it's it's time it's been three years since uh or it will have been a little more than three years since doom eternal shipped but and then obviously machine games is busy with the indiana jones game but but yeah if that's the future paris i i'm on board because there's so much in-house talent and and not to mention 
certain affinity who you're you're talking about and that's uh, that was brought up in the Shrey report that I mean certain affinity has they have worked with 343 yep. for years and years and are still doing so yep. and that as I said that's that's Max Hoberman the multiplayer guru of Halo I mean he is he is the multiplayer it's it is fair to call him the maybe not if guru is the wrong word it it is fair to call him the multiplayer mastermind which sounds better cuz it's alliteration Anyway, I call but... him I call him the godfather of Xbox Live. Xbox Live would not be what it is today without him well, and what he did with Halo 2. That's you're absolutely right. I I got to interview him about that years ago back in fact back with the Master Chief collection the run up to that. Yeah. And and sitting down with him and talking to him for like an hour he is to me he he seems like a genius in in, the, in his space. I I say that like fully sincerely like Car I I've interviewed John Carmack once. Back in 20, I don't know, whatever, during the buildup to Rage. And that was like, oh, this dude's brain operates on a different wavelength than anyone, than mine, than anyone else I've ever interviewed. And I got that same vibe talking to Max Hoberman. Like, the way he, you know, and the results speak for themselves with, with the Halo 2 multiplayer system that, that literally changed the industry. Yes. Literally, like, not an exaggeration. We, remember Paris when we when when that came out and and we all we all went well everybody's going to copy this and do this now right and it took years because nobody oh, yeah. else could crack it <laughs> that's how good Hoberman's system was but anyway I'm getting off track uh, yeah you, there there's a lot of talent both internally and trusted external partners like certain affinity that they could turn to um, so yeah I. What is that's the big question. What is the future of Halo? Or what what should the future of Halo be in each of your opinions? You know, do we keep going with this storyline, with this universe, with the same cast? Do we reboot? Do we do we say, you know what? It's been by the time we would see another Halo campaign, it will have been at least 25 years since Halo 1. Do we do they forget about multiplayer entirely? Now it seems like they're not doing that because there's multiple multiplayer things in the works, but do you just focus on a campaign or, or maybe have a sec a separate team that focuses entirely on a campaign? Do you ditch campaign and do you turn Halo? Do you just lean into the multiplayer side of Halo and push all your chips into that side? Like that's that's the big question. And and so uh Destin, I'll go your way first to uh to espouse on that. I think the story left off in a very good place for Halo Infinite. So I think they could continue from there in whatever engine they end up continuing in. And I hope, my personal hope, is that they do. I think whatever they're going to do with multiplayer will be done with multiplayer via a certain affinity, right? And the Battle Royale Tatanka and, and Unreal Engine, that seems to be pretty set in stone. And I, I don't want Halo to go away. What I think they need to focus on more than anything is the internal studio structure that has allowed it to get to this point. How has it been? You said what? Two years since Halo? When did Halo Infinite come out? Two years well, ago, right? Been, no, it's been uh, a year and a few a year a and months now. Yeah, like fourteen yep. months. Yeah, no story content yet. So whatever they do next, if it's a Halo Five scenario where it's like a big relaunch. And it's a dud in terms of campaign. I, I think Halo's kind of done. I, I don't think they can have another drop ball like they did with Infinite. 
I think this is mostly a, a multiplayer issue and the way that multiplayer was supported. Yeah. Not a campaign issue. Yeah, I agree. But if we that. don't get campaign support going forward or we do and it's terrible, that's also not a good luck. So I suppose I don't really have a concrete answer for you. My hope would be that they continue the story because like Miranda said earlier, I think there are some great characters here to continue to develop together as a, as a team, right? The pilot who's flawed as a character, the weapon who's kind of coming into her own as a, as an AI master chief who kind of was broken, you know, and what's really unfortunate is even if you look at something like the halo TV show and how they've decided to handle the halo TV show versus how Sony decides to handle something like the last of us and just knocks it out of the park. It's like, we're getting the 1990s level production of a, of a video game property and and Sony is in the looking towards the future about how video game IP should be handled in the entertainment medium. And it's very unfortunate. My one thing is that I think with Sony's advantage is that the last of us is better as a TV show than it is a video game. And I will stand by that because I think that that game does not need to be played to experience that story to its fullest extent. And it's almost done better. That's just a very different or, thing. Or at least it's done. Whereas equally what's well, done very well in both mediums it's, we at least say that sure it's it's different though but whereas halo mm -hmm. you don't have a joel or an ellie that you're playing you like that you have front and center master chief is a great protagonist in that but he's silent like he's meant to not have as much opinion or like his his complexity is quiet and it's harder to show on screen and therefore they had to completely change it to adapt for TV, right? Like you don't have that one to one transition that really fits, I think. Whereas I The Last know. of Us has that as a benefit. Conversely, though, you look at like Arcane, which League of Legends just you know popped off. Like that's that does have loose story stuff and they just wrote something that was incredible. So it's possible, but I think Sony does actually have a lot of advantages in that transition. So it's almost. It is fair to compare them, but I want to say that there are things there that lended itself better to be an adaptation. Also, they're Sony. Like, they do they, this. They're actually, so, yeah, media yeah. production. It's huge. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, been they, huge for a very They do have time. some experience in this, in yeah. this field. Uh, Paris, by the way, it, you're, you're not crazy for wanting to say Tanaka because... It's a yeah. She's a character from Halo Five, so yeah. we are. That is a that is a a name that is planted in our heads from from Halo Past. But uh, I, I throw to you, my friend. What you know? What do you want to see happen from here? So for me, I'm thinking this needs to be a James Gunn level. Let's rip the Band-Aid off and just re do a reset, basically what it's rumored to be happening, right? Across the board, across games and entertainment. Let's rip the Band-Aid off. Let's figure out what is working and continue doing that. I think, again, the, like you said, the campaign left off in a place where I want more of that story. So yeah. you absolutely, let's continue telling stories about Master Chief and the weapon and Cortana, whatever you want to call her at this point, and, and move forward with that. Absolutely. But I would say from a campaign standpoint, this is a golden opportunity for them, especially if you were to partner with other studios. Let's tell side stories in the Halo universe yeah. from a campaign perspective. Let's get more ODST. As an example, I would love to see that. And again, it can be on a smaller scale. It doesn't need to be this huge AAA experience. It can be a smaller, you know, contained story inside the Halo universe. It doesn't even necessarily need to be first person. Maybe you take a risk and do something in third person or whatever the case, right? 
yes, absolutely continue to multiplayer. There's no reason not to. But if this pivot, like I said before, is to Unreal 5 so that they can be more consistent with, with map creation, with mode creation, then that's the play to do. Because honestly, that's all that's been holding back Halo Infinite is the lack of content. Um, whatever the certain affinity thing is going to be, rumored to be some type of battle royale, let's see what that is. It's something different in the Halo universe. Do that on the entertainment side, for better or worse, however you wanna view the Halo TV show, you can't tell me inside of Xbox right now, they didn't see what Sony just did with The Last of Us on HBO and go, why aren't we doing something similar to that? So let's, I'm sure season two is already in production. It is what it's going to be, but maybe beyond this Halo TV show, let's look at other stories that we can tell in entertainment in the halo universe be it on the Gears. comic side be it on the anime side movies whatever yeah. the case do those things this ip in this universe is still way too valuable to waste it and it's clear that they're not they obviously see this but yeah. i think as painful as it may be to some people that are huge fans of halo right now you rip the mandate off maybe these things were not getting until later in the decade but it'll be for the better overall health of the franchise to do it that way. So I think that's that's what I want to see. I don't want them to rush into something. I want them to take their time and do it correctly. Well said. Yeah, I, I'm i of two minds. I, and I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I might be repeating myself from a recent episode. But if they can't... Destin, you, you said, you know, that it's kind of, they're out of, they're out of mulligans. You know, they're out of out of chances here yeah. uh and i yeah i normally do not get excited about reboots of my favorite franchises they have gone wrong more often than they have gone right but after 20 plus years uh after a lot of story twists and turns uh i <laughs> it we it might be we it might be time for to just start over if uh not necessarily right now but after the next thing we you know if, if the next and so i agree that hopefully uh the any external partners can help out on with one of the major chunks of the game like whether you keep campaign internal and and get some help multiplayer wise whether it's from certain affinity or elsewhere or the opposite because, uh, you know, a couple of you were, were talking about side stories and, and again, looking solely in-house at Microsoft, we just got done talking about, uh, about Tango Gameworks. Well, Microsoft still employs Shinji Mikami, <coughs> horror guru. Horror, I've used the second time I've used the word guru this episode. Take a, take a shot if you're playing the uh, unlocked <laughs> drinking game at home. Uh, you know, how about, we've talked on this podcast before about what about a, a like a Halo horror game that like leans into the flood? Maybe you're not even playing as a Spartan, like you're playing oh, as yeah. a human. You know that that could be something that Mikami just goes nuts with, and and uh, you know and they've actually and they've worked with ID Tech, by the way. Evil Within was done on ID Tech. Uh, this Hi-Fi Rush is on Unreal, so you know either way, <laughs> either way works. You could you could do a, a a horror side project with Tango. You could do an ODST game to Paris's point with either ID or Machine Games. You could do, I mean, 
I, I've I tweeted this out. I've said this before. I mean, if you were to just if you were to start over and say, all right, this story has kind of twisted and wind wound around far enough. Let's just let's start over. Let's just call it Halo. We we won't call it combat. If I'll just reboot it, it's Halo. I would I would happily love to see what its software uh, has up their sleeve, how they would approach it. But um, <laughs> they could do that with the next story. It's, it involves time travel. Just <laughs> nuke the timeline that's and start true. from scratch. You know, uh, yeah, that's that's like you know a couple of you have mentioned. Oh, you know, with where Infinite left off, there are more stories to tell. I agree with you, but I also feel like it's at a point where. If they did reboot it again, whether that's externally or three four three internally, just says, "All right, let's let's start clean on Unreal Engine five, and 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 go." Uh, I I would be okay with them ending the story where it is and and starting over. Now that would almost certainly mean recasting at least Steve Downs because he's yeah. with you know he's he's not a young man. He's uh, if you're if you're looking at like the next twenty years of Halo, I believe he is. Hold on, let's. Mr. Downs is seventy two. Um, so you know if you're if you're looking to go another twenty years, you may want to. Other people recast. could do that voice like well, that style. You know, it's I, hard to replicate I am a huge Downs, Steve but... Downs fan. I mean, I I had him. He he recorded a, a bumper for Unlocked back in the day. Like that's how that's how awesome I that's how much I think of Steve. But but just more narratively rather than um, oh boy Jeff Steitzer uh, the the multiplayer voice is seventy one. Oh wow, that yeah. I would not have guessed. Thank you, Jeff. Um, I'm forty, Ryan. I'll be <laughs> <laughs> forty two. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. What is happening to us? Why are, why are we getting old? It's called time, buddy. What what? <laughs> I don't. I didn't sign off on this. Nobody I mean, asked me. The big thing with this too, right, is we have to ask, or I guess more of the question about what does Xbox want to do with Halo? Exactly. That's really yeah. the big question. Like, do they want a complete refresh? Do they want something as longstanding as? And this is kind of where I've gone with this. It's like, what franchises are more longstanding, more ubiquitous than Super Mario? And Legend of Zelda. And what do those games have in common? They've reinvented themselves every single time. Every single time. Every time. They do not depend on one through line. Like, you could argue that there is a timeline for Zelda, and there is. But does it really matter? Yes and no, but they just keep adding to it. They play with it as much as they want. It's very fluid. And I think that's something that Xbox has never really done in a significant way. And, like, they have an opportunity. They could make Halo that. Sony, Sony made three God of War... Well, four. God of War yeah. video games five i guess if you're counting the psp versions but anyway uh that were that were very good games that people really liked but then they reinvented it they <laughs> rebooted it completely and turned it into the like s tier franchise it is now to your, yeah. to your point i mean you look at all these other games too like ratchet and clank and all these other franchises they have that are really big and i think there's an opportunity for them to get creative like that with something as big as Halo. But of course, the big question is, where do you take in? How do you want to? And of course, the only people who will have those answers are at Xbox because they're the ones who are in, in control of the IP and they have to figure out where they want to go with it to go next. And like, obviously, I have my own desires of things that I'd want to see. Like, I want to see them keep up with multiplayer because I had a great time with it and still do. And I want to see this story finish out because I'm invested in it. But at the same time, I understand if at the end of the day, as all of you have also said, 
maybe they just let it go and they just go do their own things. Like Para said too, more ODST, more side stories. Obviously like Gears Tactics, we've had Halo Wars, we've had other iterations of these small adventures and you could do more of those, but also what do they want to do with Chief? And I think that's a big question for me. Paris, I'll give you the last word here. Uh, I'll just say again, I mean, Halo is way too valuable of an IP to let it become irrelevant. So whatever internally at Xbox and 343 they need to do to revive it, to get it back in the good graces of the overall gaming community, you do what you need to do. And it looks like that's what's happening. So it will be interesting over the next few years to, to see what the next iteration of Halo is going to be. Yeah, we're all rooting for 343. Uh, again, whether they are producing, whether they are developing internally, like there's a, we've seen, there's a ton of talent there. Uh, we, we've seen it expressed in different ways over the years. Halo 4 campaign, Halo 5 multiplayer, Halo Infinite, both things, both in <laughs> campaign and multiplayer. Um, so hope, uh, yeah, we're, we're all rooting for them. It's uh, whether, you know, we'll see if the engine change ends up happening uh for the entire franchise or, or what the what the next step is going to be but whatever it is the next step is a critical one uh, real quick before we do a trivia question just wanted to run through the current and upcoming list of games hitting xbox game pass which we've talked about extensively in the context of hi-fi rush which of course came to game pass on console and pc on january 25th uh goldeneye 007 on january 27th that one's been out there uh, if you've if you've got those N64 nostalgia uh, feels for the for Goldeneye, this will this this no doubt has made you quite happy. Uh, RoboQuest in game preview is up now. Uh, Paris earlier mentioned the Age of Empires 2 de definitive edition coming to console. So it's not often anymore that we get a real time strategy game that is that is adapted to console. We have that now. Uh, Inkalinati is up now as well. That is a very interesting looking uh, sort of a, I don't know how to describe it. It's a, we've had a few trailers on it. Look it up on IGN. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle R also up now. Bonus games we now know about for February are <laughs> Darkest Dungeon, February 2nd. So that's tomorrow as we record this. Grid Legends via EA Play on February 2nd as well. And Hot Wheels Unleashed, the Game of the Year edition. That was a, that was a good racing game. Our, our racing guru, uh, third time for guru, uh, Luke Riley. <laughs> Word of the day. He, he liked that. Yeah, he liked that game a lot. So that's February 7th. And then Games with Gold for February. Two games again, uh, definitely lesser known games, I think it's fair to say. For the King, available now. And Guts and Goals, February 16th to March 15th. All right, we're almost out of time. I want to get a trivia question in here. Uh, this will give Paris a chance to get on the board early because as I remember, what is there... Do we have no one on the board yet, or we have we have no one on the board so, yet? yet. Yeah. So it's been a it's been a bumpy start to 2023. <laughs> so Paris, you can take the lead. You can take the okay. lead here. Our question this week comes from Ralphie from the Bronx, whose gamer tag is Ralphie C C uh, C E, and his trivia question is: The game Halo has been uh, seen being played within the background of movies over the years. Which movie did not have a Halo game featured within the film? And I have to say, he stumped me on this one. 
because I remembered a couple of these, but I did not remember the correct one. So three of the four games you're about to hear featured Halo being played in the background. One of them didn't. So was was the one that didn't Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, Grandma's Boy, The Longest Yard, or Scott Pilgrim versus the World? I will go to our guest Paris first. Longest Yard. Longest Yard. All right, then you you jumped right in with that. Uh, let's go to Destin next. Hopefully he gets a touchdown. I'm going to go with Scott Pilgrim versus the World D. All right, Scott Pilgrim. So we got two different answers so far. Miranda? I was actually also going to go with Scott Pilgrim, and I want to stay with that one. Okay. Well, uh, we have somebody getting on the board. That's the good news. And it's two of you, Destin and Miranda, All right. answering correctly. Yes, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. In Mission Impossible... Uh, Benji is seen playing Halo 5, and when his coworker approaches, he switches the screen back to his work. And uh, I should add, Ralph adds here as a parenthetical reference, I bet that's something Destin does. So, zing. <laughs> In Grandma's Boy, some QA testers are seen playing Halo 2 multiplayer. And there's a poster. I recently watched Grandma's Boy, which is why I know that. Nice. And in The Longest Yard, the guards are playing Halo 2, and someone said... You guys have Halo 2? I didn't think that was out yet. <laughs> so uh, there you go. Great job for both Destin and Miranda. And thank you very much to Ralphie from the Bronx for sending in that excellent trivia question. I got I to gotta update the scoreboard here. Yay! Get, get, uh, let's light it up. Scott Pilgrim's actually one of my favorite movies. So I was like, Miranda won. I yeah. this one. I want to go last. All right. <laughs> Scott Pilgrim was basically a video game movie, but yes. I don't think it references other video games. And they made a video game about it. That's so. yeah. a very good it one. It makes reference, like, allusions to certain things, but it's more Nintendo focused than anything. And mm -hmm. yeah, I didn't, it, it, it just didn't fit. So. If anybody else listening out there has a good Xbox trivia question, please send it in because I need some good material to try and stump the panel with. You can email your question to unlocked at IGN.com. Include the question for multiple choice answers. Please note the correct answer in your email. And don't forget your name and optionally your gamer tag if you'd like me to read that should I choose your question. That brings us to the end of Unlocked 580. Paris? We always thank you so much for hanging out. It is great to see you, uh, even if you and I have different tastes in fast food hamburger joints. That's okay. <laughs> we welcome you back anytime. Give yourself a plug. Where can everybody find you, listen to you, follow you? Sure. You can find me over at Gamertag Radio. You can also find me over at Kind of Funny, uh, over on the Xcast. And you can find me on social media at Vicious696. Fantastic. Destin? Yeah, uh, having a baby soon. So thanks, everybody, for watching this episode. Uh, I guess if you want to see my personal stuff, the Destin channel over on YouTube. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm probably going to be <laughs> not around a lot uh, pretty pretty soon. But uh, in the meantime, yeah, keep it locked here on IGN. Always always a team player there, Destin Legare. You got you to love it. <laughs> Uh, we will miss you, my friend, but a pre-congratulations from all of us if we don't see you here for a little bit. Oh, thanks. Yeah, just super anxiety all the time right now. It's great. <laughs> You're gonna, it's going to be fine. You're going to be good. Yeah. Miranda. You can find me at HavocGrowSense, Havoc with the K on Twitter and Instagram. And then for IGN, we're just working on a lot of guides. Please use our guides. Thank you. Yes, you've made a recent new addition 
to your guides team. Yes, we did. Yeah. We still would have Destin's cohort or director <laughs> yeah, you just, to you my just, team. Just, <laughs> just right for off the Destin's team. Sorry, How, not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Medina, welcome to the IGN Guides team. Yeah. Uh, all right, as for me, I'm on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Our IGN first for January has concluded. The game, of course, was Wo Long Fallen Dynasty, which is hitting Game Pass March 3rd. That's, so that's a month away. Good game. Uh, and our February, I'll just say this, our February IGN first, I'm not going to tell you exactly what it is yet. I'm going to tell you it's a real big game that you're all going to be real excited about. Uh, that was in the news this week. So we got a lot of good stuff coming for you starting next week on IGN. So for our super producer, Red, working behind the scenes back there, along with Miranda, Destin, and our wonderful friend, Paris, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This was Podcast Unlocked, episode 580. We'll see you next week.